Hello and welcome to the Writing Sparrow podcast. I'm Serena Langer and this podcast is all about writing, publishing and marketing your book. You can find transcripts on my website at serenalanger.com. Let's get started. Hello again, friends and sparrows, and welcome back. It's the 25th of January, 2021. This is episode 19. And today I have Roman's author, Noelle Riches, with me. So, mm-hmm. hello. <laughs> <laughs> so a few years ago, uh, Noelle wrote a blog post for me about ro- um, writing an epic trilogy and plotting the whole thing before you start writing and querying which inspired me to approach my next theories in the same way, which is the Bloodbrust trilogy that I'm writing right now. I thought it might be a good idea to do a whole episode on how that works and how it compares to doing it one book at a time. And then I thought of Noelle and here we are. Welcome, Noelle. Thank you. Hello. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Um, So I've got a few questions lined up for you. And we've also got a few questions over from Twitter that we will get to as well. All right. So first of all, um, talk us through your process. How do you approach planning a whole trilogy? And um, do you only do the plotting beforehand or do you also write every book before you then go back to the first one to edit that? Mm-hmm. Well, I've, uh, so with the Queen's training, uh, I had the whole plan for the trilogy in my head. Um, I started writing the first book. I came to the end of it. And then uh, I think I did probably one edit of it and thought, okay, let's get to the next one and realized I hadn't actually made any plans that I'd written down. So it was all in my head still and I <laughs> deeply regretted it. Uh, so I went back to the beginning and, uh, and plot out the whole three books. I found that that really, really helped um, with the character arcs that I was doing, certain plot points, um, and then to tie things in a little bit, a little bit better. Um, I hadn't published the books until they were all three of them written, at least, if not completely edited. Uh, so that helped me be able to go from one to the next and kind of plant those little Easter eggs that will that will have uh, readers thinking I had a plan and <laughs> and uh, and that I knew what I was doing, which was nice. <laughs> <laughs> and you're fooling everybody. <laughs> fooling everyone, yeah. <laughs> I suppose doing it that way, if you're also editing them all before you start publishing, then also helps do the quick fire release that I'm sure we've all heard quite a lot about, which is mm-hmm. apparently very successful. <laughs> Did you do yeah. it that way? Yeah. So the publisher that I had, Red Empress uh, Publishing, they did um, a couple months in between. So the first one was in March of 2017, I believe. Um, then it was June and then September. So it wasn't um, all at once, which was nice because it kind of gave each book a little bit of attention and focus, which I really liked. Um because obviously I like each individual book as well. Yeah, um, and readers need time to, you know, to catch up and read the last one in the series as well. Exactly, yeah. And then and then for readers, I think it's nice because you're not just hanging there in the ether waiting for the next <laughs> one and kind of forgetting about it, um, which I think can happen really easily because there are just so many good books out there, so many good authors to read. And so you don't want um, to have people forgetting about your books or or you, I think. I think that's what I'm planning on doing now with my next series again, all thanks to you, because your blog posts I found quite interesting. I mean, I'm such a big plotter myself anyway, so every time I hear the words or just think the words, let's plot a whole series, my heart goes, oh, yes, let's do that. That sounds really fun. <laughs> yeah, it's so exciting. Yeah, and I have really enjoyed plotting the whole series first, you know, but 
again, I'm a plotter, so I tend to find things like that exciting anyway. But mm -hmm. where I'm at now is I've written the first book and I've written the second book. And now that I'm in writing the third book, it's starting for me to flag a little bit. And I think that's just because I've spent so much time right. with the whole, well, just with the same characters and in, in the same worlds. Because, you know, right. ultimately, if you end up writing the whole thing first, you end up spending basically three times the time on on the same project. Right, right. And I think for me, I need those kind of breaks. I need editing breaks. I need to go back and forth quite a bit because as much as I love, I love writing, um, and especially when I first started writing, I loved the writing process. The editing process was really intimidating, really overwhelming because I didn't know what I was looking for really. Um, but the longer I've, I've been doing this, the more I, I actually fall in love with the editing process and the writing is just kind of like, okay, let's get the writing done so I can get to the editing. Um, so if I, to write three books all in a row, it's a, it's a big, it's a big job really. Yeah. I mean, say if you're aiming, um, just, just, just as an example for a hundred thousand words per project, I know some people tend to end up with a lot less, others tend to end up with a lot more, but mm -hmm. if, if you take that as a rough goal, then that's already quite a lot for just one project anyway. But if you then right. plan on writing the whole trilogy, you have to basically prepare yourself to write 300,000 words right. before you really go back to the editing. And that's a really big commitment. It is. It's a huge commitment. Uh, writing one book alone is is pretty epic. Then, and yeah. fantasy as well as a genre is such an epic genre. There's so much world building compared to... Yes, there's so much you can do. Yeah, which which makes it incredibly fun. I find I love the world building. Uh, oh, but it, yeah, but then to be consistent and to to really um, be in that one zone, it, it can be a little bit difficult to get out of, or to switch, or to just not feel kind of stuck in there. I think. Yeah, now I know what you mean. Definitely feeling that a bit now. So yeah. Um. So why did you decide to plot your whole series before you started? Um, writing the first one. I think I, you've already touched a bit on that because you yeah. said that with the first series, you ended up not really having anything written down and that made it harder. Right, right. Well, I think um, for you, for example, I admire so much your organizational skills. I love those Monday and Friday Instagram posts where you're goal setting and you're checking in with yourself. And I, I love being organized and yet it eludes me as well <laughs> I just can't as, as as hard as I try I just can't be as organized as I would like to be and I think the more organized you are the more the more you help yourself um so even though it was kind of, I love it it was against my nature a bit but I just knew that if I needed if I wanted to be serious about it and go through with the trilogy and um and really commit to it that I needed to to be organized and to know what was going on. Because again, in fantasy, you can get kind of lost in the world building and lost with all the different characters and um, and and what's going on and where you're going. So I think that um, it was it was just kind of this determination to not give up on myself as an author and myself and, and my books and what I wanted them to be really. All right. And um, so now that you've done a bit of both, <laughs> yeah. what would you say are the benefits of plotting your whole series before you start writing it, apart from obviously being more organized and having more of an idea of where you're going? Right. Well, that's a good question, actually. The, I think the benefits um, would be, oh, that is a good question. I Thank think you. the benefits <laughs> are, uh, are just, as I mentioned, kind of the organization of it. 
um, not getting lost in, in, in the world that is, is so easy to get lost in and, um, and just holding yourself accountable. I think just making sure that you, that you get there, that you have an end point at some point and you know what's happening kind of in between as well. We've talked about this a little bit before we started recording this, mm. that um, when you plot the whole thing first and you write the whole thing first before you start editing or querying, it gives mm. you that freedom of maybe noticing something in the third book that you can then easily foreshadow in the first book. Right, yeah. out yet. But, you know, when you've already published it, then you can't just go in and basically add, even if it's just a little hint, because, you know, yeah. out and it should probably stay yeah. as yeah, that is definitely, I'd say true. One of the main, the main bonuses is being able to go back and, and flesh out points that you kind of touched on and you knew, you knew you'd get there, but you suddenly you're in the second or the third book and you're like, oh, I really, I really like that. I think that it's adding to it. Um, but you didn't really do much with it in the first book. So just planting that little egg that will kind of little hatch a little bit later um, is, is so key to plotting out everything at first and knowing where you're going. Because if you, again, as you mentioned before, that if you publish first, it's kind of, it's your opportunity to to go back and tweak things is is lost really. So um, I think it's, it really does help that, that ability to go back and forth and really make it more cohesive. Yeah, it, it lets you set it up a lot more. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I what I really love when I'm reading a series, and you know, again, I think you've just said that before we started recording as well, it's that when you read the third book, and maybe you're coming close to the end, and you suddenly read something in there where you think, I remember something like this in the first book, and maybe then you might even go back to the first book to read it again. And you see, wow, look how, look how early they've set this up. And you know, maybe Mm. by the time you're reading it for the first time, it doesn't really stand out to you. Right. But then later, when it all comes together, you 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 get this lovely goosebump moment of, oh, look how yeah. it's all coming together. This is so exciting. The author yeah. knew what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, it adds a little level of complexity that is so nice for a reader. I think to to be able to get that those chills, those goosebumps, and think um, like you were just to, to to be more in the world and to realize it is this one um, this one kind of uh, escape that you. Like you didn't waste your time investing <laughs> in it, you know, it's, it was complex. It was thought out. Um, yeah. I think that that really helps. And opposite to the previous question, what challenges have come up for you in plotting your whole series first and how do you tackle them? I think one of the big, I, when I first started writing, I definitely was more of a plotter and I've become more of a pantser as I go, especially as I <laughs> kind of shift genres a little bit, but um I have a really difficult time changing things. If it's been plotted, if I have an outline and then the characters want to do something differently or, or I realize there's, there should be um, something different happening here or a different location, any of those things, I, I get so stuck in what I've planned. Um, I don't know if it's fear-based, like it won't be as good if I change it, but it, uh, it really, I, I need to let that go. I think having an editor and, editing my own work has helped be able to help me see that I need to shift my point of view and, and change things for the better. I think that's helped, but um, definitely a challenge is kind of thinking outside the box and realizing I can let some things go and, and make a change if I need to. What I like to do in those situations is I like to write both scenes mm-hmm. and then I can read for both and I can see maybe the one that I was originally planning maybe isn't flowing as well. 
right. when I'm writing it and maybe the one that I ended up improvising that my characters basically come up with that one actually flows really well that's and a great idea natural and you can sort of test both of them that way and then you can send them both to your editor and say which one do you prefer right it's a lot easier to get feedback that way <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal that one. <laughs> there you are. Yeah. Well, we, we're writers anyway, so you know, I think for us trying to solve our problems by writing through them is a natural step, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. True. True. Um, we have. Well, I have one more question that I had written down, but I think if we yeah. do the ones from Twitter first, and then we can come mm. back to that one. Yeah. So uh, the first question comes from Gambit One Nine O. Is it okay to leave book two with a cliffhanger ending as long as it then gets resolved in book three? Such a good question. Um, Don't I, you just love a cliffhanger ending? I love a cliffhanger ending. I love it. I eat them up. Um, yes. And I think that it's, uh, you know, I, I make the comparison of those Netflix shows that we binge nowadays. We, those ones that are left with a cliffhanger, it's kind of a love hate. You, hate that you're just tortured that way <laughs> uh, but you do watch the next episode don't you so yeah because uh, you are tortured you know you you really want to know what happens to your favorite character if he really died or if it just looked that way <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah I think that if you have a first a good first book that has a cliffhanger readers will follow you into the next one um I think the danger is maybe too many things unresolved so so I'd suggest it if you have like other subplots going on maybe resolve a couple to, to build reader trust and um, they know that you're going to answer it. You're not just leaving everything unresolved. And then they have a feeling of some sort of um, closure with the first book as well. Um, even though they're kind of drawn into the next book, which is what you're looking for. So um, if you're doing a cliffhanger, I think I'd recommend again, just building that readership trust, resolving a few little issues um, and then making sure that the it's, it's fleshed out enough that they can trust that it's going to be, kind of great in the next one that's a very good point i mean mm -hmm. every book should have an ultimate goal anyway something that your plot is working towards right. and i think having that cliffhanger ending doesn't mean that you don't resolve the main issue of right. book two or book one or you know whichever one you end up ending on, on a cliffhanger so i think as long as you still fulfill the promise that you made at the start of the book right then you can use the cliffhanger ending to nicely bridge the gap into book three mm -hmm. yeah and I think that um one danger that uh is when I was talking to my partner about this question it was such a good question um <laughs> and the we he had mentioned that the danger of that is um setting the expectations too high so for um if you you know end on a cliffhanger it it does have to be pretty epic when you do resolve that issue so Keep, keeping that in mind too, that if you, you know, if it's just this kind of little like, oh, and then quick, quick solution, no big deal. People aren't going to be very happy about that, I think. So it has to be kind of an epic um, resolution in that cliffhanger when you, when you do get to it. Um, yeah, just making sure that the expectations match what you're doing as well, I think is important. I agree, because I think when you do set up this cliff, um, cliffhanger ending, I'm really struggling to pronounce that today. <laughs> 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 but I think when you set it up that way, you make it a big deal. Right. Exactly. You know, because the readers will, of course, then have massive expectations going into the second book. It's and or, or the third, because it's basically then your promise of look how I've ended this. Big things are definitely coming. Right. You know, you will want to read on, please read on. So it needs to be 
something really big you know if, if you then yeah, yeah. if you then start the next book and just say oh it wasn't really what the character had imagined that was it you go oh mm -hmm. that's disappointing <laughs> right yeah if you because yeah cliffhanger endings it does make it a big deal so treat it treat it like a big deal and I think that that um it'll work out yeah because it's basically a plot twist that you don't explain right away <laughs> so right. You know, if, if you end big, you're going to have to carry it forward big. And if you're not sure, you can always ask your critique partners or your editor. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think the danger with things like that is always, as you said, that, that you don't um, carry it forward in a, in a big enough way that mm -hmm. really reflects that cliffhanger ending. Right. So I think um, it can be quite difficult on your own to make it tie together in a satisfying way. But, you know, if you have that um either either a critique partner group or or the editor who you can send the do and just said i don't think this is strong enough i mm -hmm. think it needs to hit harder suggestions mm -hmm. please <laughs> yeah and yeah. that can really help you make it huge and i don't think you can really go overboard with it yes you no, have promised so much. yeah 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 i think it's i think it's such a it's so juicy those cliffhangers yeah. but they do need to be treated with respect for sure yes yes definitely so if you think if you're wondering if you've gone overboard with it it's probably just right <laughs> it's probably <Right>. fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i agree <laughs> um and we had another question from twitter as well this one from little may s what tips do you have for keeping everything consistent and not forgetting important plot points and i know this is a big issue for me as well because you know the more plot points you have the easier it is to forget just one little thing that you set up in the first book that you then never thought about again mm -hmm. which again is kind of a bonus to to not publishing them because you can go back and forth so that does help but um I would say again just staying as organized as possible I have um you know a word document that has all the characters and the relationship to each other that really helped me a lot um again just the outlines and kind of different different kinds of outlines too like you know a general like chapter by chapter outline I mean I'm getting a bit psychotic I think <laughs> but chapter by chapter outline um book outline <laughs> trilogy outline like all the outlines you can imagine um it does help and even just like you know a word document for for those easter eggs like I planted this here don't forget it so you can kind of go back and forth and and remind yourself okay this is what this character is and why they're related to this person and where you want to go with that. And then I planted this, so that's good. So I think it worked, whatever works for you. Um, I don't know if my system is the best because I have them each in different word documents. So I have to keep flipping from one to the next and that's kind of annoying. Um, I'm not exactly a techie person. So I'm sure there's some sort of system for that that's better than that. But um, finding your own kind of um, way to organize really does, really is, it makes the job easier for sure. That's the beauty and difficulty of being a writer, isn't it? Like on right. the one hand, you, you just do whatever works best for you. But on the other hand, if you do have one specific question, chances are there won't be a straight up answer like this is mm -hmm. how you do it. This is the best way of doing it. Because really, yeah. it's just whatever works for you. Yeah. And then you can have the troubleshoot and, and just just go through the different systems and find what works for you. So there's a lot of realizing this doesn't work for you, unfortunately. <laughs> just takes time I think yeah and I think what what works for you right now may not work for you anymore with the next series or even just the next book in the same series Very and true. certainly not Very in true. 10 years from now so I think it's just constantly an evolving system right right yeah I'm currently um I have this five-part series in mind that I do want to plot out all at the beginning and I'm just kind of constantly going back and forth in my mind with 
do I write them all first? Do I write them and edit them? Do I try to publish? I, I, I loved writing them all before I published. It gave me so much more flexibility, but I just, five books is a lot to kind of hold on to. Yeah. <laughs> do anything. So I'm, I'm, I'm struggling right now with that, but I think everybody, you know, again, what works for you? Yeah. I think the longest series that I've ever read, I think was 17 books. Right. And I just thought if, if I have, I mean, I would love to write a really long series, but then I, if I think about plotting the entire thing, oh. I don't see that it can work. No, that's, it's, it's that's... way too much. I think you'll end up with being one of those people with like the, you know, a whole wall of yarn and, and, <laughs> and it'll, it'll look dangerous. <laughs> I won't lie to you, Noelle, I have considered doing that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's kind of appealing. <laughs> it is. It is. I think it was when I was reading um, possibly the Six of Crows duology by Lee Badugo. But yeah. um, a friend and I were saying at the time, she's got so many different plot ends in there and so many different just just so so many different everything how does she keep track of all of it and you know at the moment I'm reading the starless sea and again we're saying I there are so many different threats in this mm -hmm. we, we have no idea how this lady is keeping track of everything so this is exactly mm -hmm. what I picture when I think of that it's just it's basically a crime wall mm -hmm. a of, crime wall yeah <laughs> yeah of, of wool connecting different pins and one thing circuit here and something else there so yeah <laughs> you invest, invite guests over you just have to let them know you're you know it's it's for a book it's fine <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely like when it says there kill Steve it's not it's not a real person it's, it's, it's not, a character yeah. it's okay it does not exist <laughs> and yes exactly. I have googled what acid does to the human body but never mind that it's research <laughs> and one self-respecting author has not googled something creepy like that <laughs> well, exactly so you know I think it's, I think we can excuse quite a lot of research just by saying it's fine we're yeah. all this <laughs> right <laughs> yeah also very sorry to any Steve's listening I'm not singling you out but <laughs> Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so um, I hope that's answered your questions, Gambit190 and Little Emmaus. Mm -hmm. And um, to come to my last question, mm -hmm. do you have any advice for people wanting to try plotting the whole trilogy or anyone wanting to do something longer than a trilogy but still using the same system? Oh, um, I, I again, I come back to the organisation of it. I think... Um, if you're, if you're a pantser, I would still say having a good idea of where you're going and general idea of each book, even if you don't want to plot them out. Um, and if you do, I'd say just, just enjoy it. Really. It's, it's such a fun process. I, um, I go for walks with my dog and everything comes to me when I walk. So, you know, finding that one time where like all the ideas come, but then making sure you write it down <laughs> if you can. Yeah. <laughs> So do you have a notebook app for that or do you carry a physical notebook around with you everywhere you go, just in case? <laughs> I think I, I love the idea of a little like physical notebook, but I mostly just write notes on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I do have an app for that, but I've got, I'm such a note junkie. Yeah. Um, I have an app for notes. Um, it's, it's quite, it's a very simple thing. I think it's literally just called notebook or something mm -hmm. like that it's very simple but I also have a different notebook for every work in progress and then some of those have more than one notebook because it's maybe a series or because I've exhausted one notebook so it's then on to two mm -hmm. so um, I've, I've got I've got a lot of things and you know then then there's Grivener so I have index cards and that also with notes <laughs> yeah but, yeah 
that's you know I think with organization it comes down very strongly to whatever works for you <laughs> I agree I know and it's I hate giving that answer because I wish I it doesn't feel very helpful because it's not it's not an it's not an answer but at the same time it really I think one answer won't really cut it for all the people out there no who are doing everything differently and finding their different systems um so it is it is really what works for you and I think that like I love um sorry going back to the notebook idea I love such a romantic yeah it's such a romantic idea of like writing things down in the notebook and just recently I've I've started doing that just writing by hand all my outlines and it's partly infuriating because I can't go back and put things in like with the computer you can always put things in between but you can't um when you're writing when you're handwriting but it's there's something so romantic and lovely about just seeing a page written and then being able to turn it into a book what I do when when I have taken notes that I do want to add something I do like a little arrow that goes off to the side or I write it in and read in a really small font over it it makes it very messy but, <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's also what makes it look more like a writer's notebook in a way because it's not yeah. it's not a simple or straightforward process and as you said mm-hmm. you know while you're plotting you might just suddenly think or something maybe while you're walking your dog <laughs> mm-hmm. or while you're doing the dishes so you know, just, just edit it. It doesn't have to be pretty. It just needs to make sense to you. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of like when things are messy like that. It does feel like a real writer's notebook for sure. Yeah. And I think for most of us, our thoughts tend to be quite chaotic anyway, when we plan anything. So mm-hmm. I think when I want to reflect that it almost feels more natural because the process can be quite chaotic, even if you do put some kind of order to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That is all our questions. Thank you very much for stopping by. And, um, Thank you so much. I hope we've answered the questions that um, our guys on Twitter have had. And um, yeah, thank you so much for stopping by. <laughs> thank you so much, Serena. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, maybe learn something along the way, hit the subscribe button. You can also connect with me on Twitter at Serena underscore Lange, on Instagram and Facebook at Serena Lange Writer, and of course on my website at serenalange.com. Until next time, bye!